welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to read? Man, Welcome in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I am Jason Tiffin, half of your host team, along with Tom Sims. Tom, speak up so everybody knows you're here. Hello, this is Tom Sims, half the host team. (laughs) Hey, we're already running short on time, so we're going to jump right into winners and losers. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have an intro today. Uh, You know, I could talk about, we went to Tunica this weekend, and I could talk about, I have a great... uh, backdoor cover story but i you know i i won't bore you because it takes a, a solid five minutes to talk about it and i don't know maybe another time another place but I, I really feel like with all the stuff we have two games of the week instead of just one and we have uh, we have seven winners slash losers so i just feel like we are pun intended gonna run short on time so let's jump right into the podcast on our winners and losers segment winners since we have three normally we have just a couple we have three this week, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell you who they are. Then we'll talk about each one individually. Uh, winner, big winners: Bama, Georgia, and Florida. We'll start with Bama. Mac Jones is he poised to make a Joe Burrow type run at the Heisman? I don't know. You know, I, I really feel like they're gonna do everything they can to give it to Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Both are gonna be very deserving of it. You know, Trevor. I, I've not checked Trevor Lawrence's numbers, but I'm sure they're you know above well above average. And he, you know, he really starts the season this week when Miami comes to visit. And then as soon as Ohio State kicks off, you know, they'll be playing. I don't know if they're playing conference only, but, you know, they'll be playing good teams. So, Mac has an uphill battle. But I tell you this, uh, I would say he's closer to the Heisman after two games than Joe Burrow was after two games last year. I think that's Way a fair. Closer. You know, I think that's a fair statement for sure. Uh, Mechie. I had heard about this kid last year. You know, we were just so loaded at wide receiver. I don't even – I guess Mechie didn't redshirt. You can't – it's really pointless to redshirt these guys anymore. I mean, like Marlon Humphrey just signed for $95, 97000000 with the Baltimore Ravens. He redshirted at Alabama. Like, it's just just unheard of. Uh, And it's kind of pointless because, you know, he left after three years. He was – we got two years out of him. I figure Mechie got uh, mop-up duty, but we had I had really heard rave reviews of him, and, man, he did not disappoint. And to the point where we we have such an embarrassment of riches at our top three wide receiver spots, Devontae Smith, the hero from four – or I guess three years ago, two of the Smith to win the national title, he's kind of forgotten. Waddle's 100% taken for granted now. He's so good. You just expect any kind of catch, any ball thrown his way that he's going to catch it. Um, so th- that is definitely the the positives. One more positive. I have been so hard on this kid uh, to my buddy Neutron to uh, Macmillan. It's a uh, Rob uh, B Rob out of Hillcrest, and uh, every you know it's just the Hillcrest Tuscaloosa contingent are just like, oh, it's uh, he's he's better than Najee. No, he's not better than Najee. But I tell you what, he played a well of a ball game, and I, I've been hypercritical of him. So I'm going to give him props. I was very impressed with what he brought to the table. Saturday night or Saturday afternoon concerns you know I, I, I made a promise last year year before that I was going to quit um, 
that I, w- I was not going to complain when we had a uh, you know double-digit win over a ranked opponent. But concerns have to be defense and running game. Uh, we didn't run the ball, I think, as we need to. And defense, we were, you know, we gave up 24 points. So, but all in all, 52-24. I mean, if you want to complain, I'll listen. But I'm going to enjoy the victory. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not complaining there. Uh, I, I'm not even going to add much to to what you said there. The one, the one person, in, and I thought this was interesting. And I, and I was watching the game Saturday uh, with my with my neighbor, and we started talking about this. I'm going to bring up Saban in this. I mean, he's obviously really good at what he does. I don't know if you've noticed that. He's a pretty good coach. Mm-hmm. But you know one thing I got to thinking about? How many coaches do you think are in the school that they're coaching at currently longer tenured than Saban? Oh, in college feel football? Like, yeah, in major, uh, you know, major conferences. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say zero. There's a few more than zero, but it's not many. I I tend to keep thinking about Saban as he's not new here by no stretch of the imagination, but it just seems like he he's 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 not the the coach that you, you've had forever. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, yeah. And uh, I was looking; I was very surprised. I mean, I, I, I kept just thinking about just the SEC. You know, he is six years longer in the league than the second place coach. Yeah, six. I, I, and who who is that? Take a guess. Well, it wouldn't be Ogeron. I would get. I'm gonna say Malzahn. It's Malzahn. Yeah, his mouth's on. That is that is freaky. I mean, it, it's really weird. Just when I start thinking about tenured coaches, and, and there's only, and in the national landscape, there's only six or, or actually five uh, power five coaches that have been tenured longer than Saban at the same school. So that's you know Saban is doing it year in and year out. He's he's putting a product on the field. But man, it's uh, it's nice to have some longevity. Uh, with a coach which uh, we haven't had in, in a long time. I mean, Saban has who's who's who have we had here longer than Saban? Do you have to go back to Bryant, right? Nobody's been here. Uh, I guess thirteen do. years. Yeah, Stallings so, was seven, I believe, ninety to ninety six, and then it was just a revolving door. And uh, but yeah, Saban is is a. Uh, yep, you're right. So anyway, I just thought that was interesting because I was working, looking at it. But yeah, for for sure. Um, what about Georgia this weekend? I think they they hammered Auburn in a manner that I think both of us sort of predicted last week: a low scoring affair, but getting the cover. The defense was suffocating, and that's what I was afraid of. You know, I mentioned that last week, and when I say afraid of it, I'm just looking down the road uh, as far as future Bama opponents. But um, the defense uh, was was suffocating, and and that defense was still there in the first game. Even though they struggled with Arkansas for a half, they still didn't give up much against Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Auburn was held, uh, what, 216 total yards and 1.8 yards per rush. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, that's uh, that's pretty impressive there. Uh, they they clamped them down, and, and after week one, you, you're sort of questioning after week two. Georgia looks like uh, Georgia of, of last year and, and previous years, so uh, they, they look they look really good. Yeah, that's that, that was my first if, – if I was going to lead with Georgia, I put defense a big plus-plus. I mean, I, they are impressive, but they've played Arkansas, they've played Auburn, and I know that's funny to say because Auburn is always known for offense under Malzahn. Dude, they just don't have it this year. Uh, you know, their offensive line – it, it, lack of recruiting has really crushed their offensive line. Bo Nix is not good. I know he, and I know Auburn fans that might, might listen to this podcast and like, oh my gosh, he's one and zero against Bama. Yeah, he is one and zero against Bama. You know, there's no doubt about it. But that doesn't make that doesn't make him good. I mean, right now in the West, Mac Jones or Bo Nix. I'm gonna give you choices. You tell me who you're taking. Mac Jones, Bo Nix. Uh, Mac. Twice on Sunday. Okay. Costello, Mississippi State kid, or Bo Nix after two that's games? A, that's a Heisman finalist. I'm going Costello. Costello. And I, I'm dead serious. Yeah, Corral from uh, from Ole Miss. He looks good. You Better know, um, who am I missing in the West? Uh, I, I, Bo Nix and Miles Brennan, I'm probably going to lean Nix just based on experience. But I, I think my point – and then, you, gosh, you get to the East, you know, um, I'm taking Bennett the fourth over him because he just whipped him head up. And Bennett made some good passes. He's, he's a solid quarterback. Um, and and I, I'm happy to see a kid like that that I'm, I – I've not kept up with Georgia recruiting. But a kid like that, I don't remember his name being uh, bandied about on all the recruiting services. You know, probably a Georgia fan and had a high enough star rating where, hey, we'll take a flyer on him. And he stuck it out. He didn't transfer – you know, probably could have transferred to Valdosta State or somewhere and started. Stuck it out, now he's starting for Georgia. So, hats off to him. I, I love to see stories like that. You know, Trask, Guarantano, Mond. I'm taking all those kids over Bo Nix. You know, he is just not that good. I said it last week. He's and on the on the radio's uh, show I do live, Sports with JT, Tuesdays, <laughs> 6 o'clock, WFMH. Um, Nix is going to make – he's going to make a handful of passes – I'm actually I have actually got the game on right now. Uh, seven nothing Georgia. Boy, I hope they win and cover again. But you know he he made some good passes and he's going to make a handful of good passes. But then he's going to make some bonehead decisions. And man, it, like we've talked about, if eighteen goes down for them, they're in trouble. So, uh, but definitely, um, I think the biggest concern with Georgia when you know we're definitely keeping an eye on them for for next week when they come to Tuscaloosa. You know their running game. It's they're the trenches. Can they run the ball as effectively against us as they did Auburn? I don't think they can. Auburn's defensive run is smallish this year. You know, I'd like to see Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson be on that team Saturday and see what Georgia would have done. I don't think they would have had the the leisure stroll through in between the tackles with those two guys. But, hey, they're not there anymore. And then how can we run against their defensive front? Because we have been unimpressive. We've been – I tell you what, we've been average – We've not been unimpressive, but we have not been to where, oh, man, you see, you know, when you have 5.5 yards of carry for Najee, that hadn't happened yet. So, uh, be interesting. You know, it, Georgia's got a tough test this week, much more so than us, in my opinion. They got Tennessee coming to town. Uh, other big winner was Florida. They will score some points this year, and they're going to have to. Their defense is not that great. Defense is kind of back to spurrier levels before, you know, when, when before and after Bob Stoops was there. Uh, Pitts. The tight end. I posed this question today at the store, and I'm going to pose it to you. Um, Florida, of course, Gainesville is located in the state of Florida. Big spoiler alert there. 
Tampa Bay, Miami Hurricane. I mean, uh, Miami Dolphins, Jacksonville Hogwars, and then you have the Miami Hurricanes. You got the Florida State Seminoles, and of course you got. Oh, you, I'm sorry, you got the the national champs from three years ago, the Central Florida uh, Golden Knights or Black Knights, whichever one they are. All right, let me get to the point. Um, Gronkowski is with Tampa Bay. O.J. Howard is with Tampa Bay. I, I heard O.J. Uh, tore his Achilles. Don't know if that's true or not. But let's just say it is true. So let's say O.J. Howard is done for the year. Is Pitts the best tight end in the state of Florida? Oh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> he uh, is salty, brother. He is a problem. He he's definitely a problem, man. And you're right. Tampa Bay is uh, has got the corner on the tight end market uh, in the in the state of Florida, outside of uh, outside of Pitts. I you know, obviously we're talking today and not uh, five exactly. years ago. Yeah, yeah. But today, yeah, I take Pitts, particularly uh, yeah. if OJ's got an Achilles. But OJ has not been the NFL player he was in college. Gronkowski has been all world everything except for he's just you know he's old. Well, I mean, I think that was my point of, of OJ being injured. I, I think if OJ is one hundred percent healthy, I'm I'm building a team around OJ more so than Pitts At, right now, twenty twenty. But twenty twenty Gronkowski or twenty twenty Pitts, and you, you've got to build a team. I'm taking Pitts. I mean, he to me he's that good. Um, but you know, Trask. I think, I think I still take Pitts over OJ based on his hey, last two I mean, years in the league. Yeah, now, if you'd have told me that coming out of college, I'd had a different story because I thought OJ was going to burn it up. But yeah. point taken, sir. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, Trask is going to battle it out with uh, Mac for um, you know postseason All SEC honors. Of course, he was uh, preseason All SEC, and deservedly so. I'm I'm very impressed with Trask. I mean, Mullen is such a great quarterback coach. But um, looks like to me, cocktail party is going to decide the East. Uh, Tennessee is going to try to have something to say about that this weekend. Uh, when they play Georgia and then whenever they play Florida. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But, you know, good football coming. That's And, I mean, before we move on to losers, is the power of the SEC in the East this year? You know, normally the East has been Florida and or Georgia and everybody else. And then the West has been, you know, is it Bama? Is it Auburn? Is it LSU? Can Texas A&M make some noise? And, I mean, this year the West to me looks like Bama and everybody else in the East looks like Florida, Georgia, and possibly Tennessee. Maybe, but, you know, I was uh, I was talking about this just just today. The SEC-only schedule and the, and the bump of the extra two games, we're going to have a lot of these questions answered a lot earlier than we usually do. You know, typically five, six, seven games in, somebody's played – you know, three out-of-conference games and then played only three or four SEC games. And depending on how the schedule falls, you may not have even played a ranked SEC Mm -hmm. team. But now, in week three or four, we'll have a lot of those questions answered. And and that one in particular, I think, will hinge on how uh, A&M does against uh, Florida this weekend. I I think that'll that'll tell you your answer. If Florida goes ahead and crushes A&M, or I, they don't have to crush them if they if they beat A and M. I think you're exactly right. I think I think the East is is swayed back, and it was there for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to losers. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna throw the teams out there. I'll let you lead with the first one. And uh, I love when this team makes the list. Our first loser is gonna be Auburn, followed by A and M, followed by Mississippi State. Poor Mississippi State. 
And then, <laughs> oh, this is a good one, too, when it makes the list, the Big 12 Conference. So lead us off with Auburn. As much as I would love to lead with Auburn, I'm going to let you do it, my friend. <laughs> well, we already talked about Georgia, the winner's column, and how paltry Auburn's offense was in that thing. But, you know, let's let's just ask this question. How long is it going to be before Gus takes over the offense again? You know, that's a that's a ticking time bomb like it is every year when he tries to hand the reins over to somebody. Now, here's here's a better way to look at this, though, if you're Gus. You know, uh, you, you're itching. You know, you were itching since day one before he called the first play to do the play calling. That's, mm-hmm. just, that's just what he does. But after you've seen Auburn play for the first, you know, two games now, do you even attempt taking over the play calling duties do, do you attempt it just because of what you see on the offensive line what you see in the running backs what you see on the weak defensive line you know if you if you let this play out then it's possible like you have as the second longest tenured coach to throw some people under the bus again the old gus bus and and save your job he's done that no less than at least two times that I can think of, and possibly more, you know, when the wheels start coming off, start cutting coordinators and, and, and saying that I'm going to start calling the plays or I'm not going to start calling the plays. He's played that little round-robin game of, yeah, it's best that I do, it's best that I don't. But in this case, you know, I, I don't I don't know how good it would do them just because of the talent they've got over there, and it really showed up Saturday. Yeah, and I don't know. Is I think he's out of chances. I got on the Auburn chit chat boards because you know a, a word that we had last year as our word of the day, shade and fraud. I, I really <laughs> like that. You know, when Auburn's in misery, I'm uh, kind of happy myself. Sad to say, but that's uh, that's the way I live my life. That's why I choose to live my life. And uh, <laughs> so they're they're fed up with him, dude. And they, uh, I just I noticed Daryl or Golson one sent out on the group text about all of uh, Malzahn's. Um, dubious accomplishments you know losing record against bama even though he's been very successful against us we have kept his job at least once if not twice and um and then a terrible record against georgia georgia is 13 and 3 in the last 16 versus auburn dude i did not know that it had gotten that out of hand and you think about that two of those wins one almost with Cam Newton. Now, Cam beat them you know fair and square but 2013 was the prayer in jordan hare Dude, that never should have happened. They should be 14-2 and two in the last 16, but it is what it is. So, I, I think he's out of chances, and I don't, I don't know where Auburn goes. They're, they were trying so hard to just – and I think a lot of teams just, you know, trying at this point, let's ride the coach we've got out till Nick Saban retires. Well, who knows when he's going to retire? I mean, he is – he's saying all the right things behind closed doors and in the public about how long he wants to coach if you're a Bama fan. And – um but you know they're they're just trying to and and the contract they gave him was ridiculous buyout. Um, I, I think they're going to try to ride him one more year. But man, they are fed up. And I, I we've talked about it before. You know I think every coach is safe in COVID twenty twenty. Uh, you know you really you're really going to have to uh, trip up to to get fired this year based on all the the obstacles that you have. But they've got a lot of questions and answers, and they're going to have to answer them quickly. They get. Um, they get Arkansas this week coming to Auburn. Uh, Arkansas should be ripe for the picking, you know, just upset Mississippi State. And then, uh, and I, like I said, I don't, Auburn, I don't know who they play next. Well, it, it's nobody too good because I texted out last week. I'm like, man, if Auburn beats Georgia, 
they're going to be six and zero by the time they hit their last four games, which their last four games are tough. You know, they they're going to play Bama and Texas A&M back to back, and then they got Tennessee in there and possibly Mississippi State. Uh, that maybe that's the game that maybe that's game seven that starts their last four. But uh, you know, they're on the loser list, uh, which warms my heart. A&M is on the losers list. Mond is 0-4 versus Bama, and the games haven't really been close. I think they had one kind of close game two or three years ago. But and, – and then right here, like we're talking about Gus on the hot seat, how many passes is Jimbo going to get? I mean, he's making $7.5 no a year. He's $75 million guaranteed, 10-year contracts. I think he's in year three or year four. I think in year three. three. Yep, and three. Yeah, so you're not going to fire him this year. You can't afford to, but man, they have, you got to eventually beat Bama, don't you? I mean, you eventually have to beat us. I think they wanted to be eventually competitive, and like you just said, they have not really been competitive in those games. No, and that and that's what hurts them. Uh, and, and I have the I had the exact same question. You know, how much is enough with Jimbo? At least how how long before he he starts getting legitimate talk of being on the hot seat because when you sign a 10-year contract worth 75 million dollars there's not a whole lot of incentive there to just you know bust your balls basically to to you know get go all out to to make sure that not only are you winning but you're saving your job and you're working for your job you know he's not working for his job he's he's almost in coast mode here now he's recruited decently but he's certainly not uh putting a product on the field that they expect for 75 million that's a that's a fact no and you know back to, to talking about his recruiting you know, Waddle is from the state of Texas. He came to the ACC. Like that's the kid Jimbo's got to get. And you got to think, Waddle came to Alabama with Judy Ruggs and Devontae Smith in front of him, and he didn't care. And I mean, that's a kid that you have got to get and say, "Look, man, you got to come here. Start, you know, start the let's let's get it turned around against Bama." And it just he's not doing it. So I don't yep. know. You know, are they falling into that Cam Newton and? Uh, um, Michael Vick trap that Auburn and Virginia Tech respectively fell in. You know, looking always, you know, Virginia Tech's been looking for the next Michael Vick for the past 20, 25 years. You know, Auburn was forever is looking for the next Cam Newton right after he left. And dude, those players just they don't come around. I mean, the next Cam Newton is, is you know, probably 10 years away, and he has 125 schools to choose from. The chances of him going to Auburn again or the, the, the next Johnny football, the chances of him going to Texas A&M again are low. Like, you've got to build something with, with what you have coming in. And mine, dude, like Guarantano is a good example. He's He's gotten better. Like, I'm impressed with him. I know they hadn't played any world beaters yet. And we'll see, you know, this time next week we might be talking about his 7-for-27 outing against Georgia with three picks. We just don't know yet. But he has looked the part where mine has not really looked the part. I mean, 17-12 victory over Vanderbilt, that is not impressive at all. Uh, Third loser on the list is Mississippi State. Man, I said it uh, here last week, and I said it on my live talk radio show, Sports with JT. State's going state, and state stated, you know, no excuse for losing to Arkansas. 14 points at home in the air raid after just, you know, torching LSU. I didn't watch any of the game. It was on. Uh, it was on a tertiary 
Been a great word of the day if we still do that. It is on a tertiary <laughs> TV, not even on a secondary TV at the oh, uh, at the casino. So yeah, I didn't really see a whole lot of it. But they should be, you know, easily they could be two and zero going to Kentucky. That that point spread is about a two or three point line for Kentucky, so it's a coin toss. You know, they could be going to Kentucky at two and zero, looking to come out at three and zero and ranked, and then I think they have win they have a winnable game after that. But it just it was not meant to be. Well, I know you put on here uh, Mississippi State on the losers list, and I'm going to kind of flip that a little bit and and really say that Arkansas is on the winners list. They broke a 20-game losing streak. They crush the Vegas tickets for over zero wins in the SEC this year. (laughs) (laughs) Hammered Vegas. Vegas is still reeling. I'm going to tell you what, too, though. And and in all seriousness, we kind of wrote Georgia off in week one as being rusty against Arkansas. And now Arkansas shows up in week two and basically shuts down a team that threw for over 600 yards against the defending national champions in week one. When are we going to start talking about Arkansas may have a team here? Uh, You know, uh, my neighbor, who is from Arkansas, was talking about it, and he brought up a good point, and I didn't even really think about it, but uh, hats off to Rick there, but uh, Barry Odom, Running that defense after getting sacked from Missouri, some people are just natural. We said this last week. Some people are naturally born to be coordinators instead of head coaches. And and by gosh, right now he's doing a jam up job of that. Yeah, I mean he yeah. he had UGA torn in knots in week one, uh, shuts down the air raid in week two, and actually gets the W. So. You know that they 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 very well may be a lot better than we think they are. And and did you see the defensive player of the week? No, I did not. A uh, guy from Arkansas is a linebacker. His name Bumper Pool. Oh, I know that. That's a cool <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know he got the honors. But that's awesome. Well, I tell you yeah, what, Tom. Impressive. I'm gonna I'm gonna put words in your mouth that I think you won't mind me putting in your mouth. You're gonna be hollering "Woo, Pig Suey" this weekend because you know where they're headed. Oh yes, I do. I do indeed. I've already <laughs> seen what the best bets of the week are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our last loser is the Big Twelve, and I'll tell you this is this is probably my favorite sentence to say today. This time next week, October the twelfth at six thirty ish p.m. We will be doing this podcast, and we will be talking about either Texas being on a two-game losing streak or Oklahoma being on a three-game losing streak, and that is just that's that is good that is good news for the SEC. It is, it is, and who else is it good news for? The Pac-12. They've been shut out of the playoff for the past what three, four years, whatever. Uh, it they is. had Washington in there a couple of years back when we lost to Clemson, but they, they I mean. Like we've talked about before, they they've not really deserved to go. I mean, Oregon was probably their best bet. They did get a win against Florida State. Washington was outmatched, and um, I think they'll be outmatched this year. But hey, at least you can get there. You know, get the participation. Yeah, trophy. that's what I'm saying. It was going to be hard to get them in, even with a one-loss Power Five conference, because of how few games they're going to have on their schedule. But if you take a, a and, and go ahead and eliminate basically the Big Twelve in Week Three, unless Oklahoma State you know runs a table, 
that opens that door. So I think the Pac-12 is a big winner there uh, with with the Big 12 faltering, and we just yeah, like to see yeah. it. <laughs> very, very well could. I mean, I, and our last thing, last point before we get to the games of the week, someone has got to get in that conference and take defense seriously. That is, I think, the only thing that's going to turn it around. This seven-on-seven seven stuff is flashy, but you're if you don't play defense – you're you're opening yourself up to get beat by any team in on any given Saturday, and we saw it. Um, we saw it. What week was it? Week one overall, or week? Two? I think it was the the second week. It was it was uh, the week after Labor Day, which was traditionally week two. And uh, you know the Sun Belt went three and zero against the Big Twelve, and that's just that's just embarrassing. That should never happen. I mean, one and two would be bad enough. Two and one will be a disaster, and three and zero was just a hey, better luck next year, guys. So, but it'll be good that Oklahoma will not be making the play. There's no scenario where Oklahoma makes the playoffs this year, none at all. I mean, nope. two losses. I don't care if they run the table, win the Big Twelve, they're out. But, so, uh, but Rattler will likely make the Heisman finalist, though. Yeah. <laughs> games of the week. We have two games of the week this week because hey, we're we're conference only this year, and I was. Going between the two, and I'm like, man, we got to include both of them because they're they're top, they're ranked match. I don't know what the rankings are. Well, A&M has dropped down some, but I mean, I guess Tennessee is top 15, surely by now, aren't they? They are. And then Georgia is, you know, three, four, five, whatever. So that's my game. I'm taking uh, Tennessee at Georgia. Is Tennessee ready for prime time? Uh, we don't know yet. Tennessee will be the definitely the best team Georgia has played thus far. Guantanamo is a seasoned quarterback. He's looked better this year. Uh, the point point spread is concerning you for Tennessee. It's a 14-point line. It's a two-touchdown line. And I've got down, if Tennessee was to pull the upset, they're going to have to finish plus two in takeaways. I think that's what it's going to hinge on is you got to turn Georgia over. I, and I think probably Tennessee's defensive personnel is better than Auburn's uh, from from one through eleven, and I know Smoke Monday got ejected on a you know the first series against Georgia, but it was not going to matter. Georgia's is so much better than Auburn this year. Good spot for Tennessee. Georgia's coming off an emotional win against Auburn. You know they is a, that is a rivalry game, even though they've owned the rivalry. You know that's the you know, Georgia circles that game on their calendar the same as Auburn does. And then Georgia has got Bama next week. And Kirby has been instructed that he does not need to lose that one. So, uh, they, they, caught him at a, they caught him at a good time, a good spot. And uh, if Tennessee wins, hey, they control their destiny. I know you got a lot of crossover games this year, but if you can get that – if you can notch a win against Georgia and you can notch a win against Florida, you can, you can drop one, possibly even drop two – uh, depend on what Florida Georgia does from here on out. I really think I, I don't see Georgia beating us right now. I might change my team next week, but I, I think we get them. Uh, I've got Georgia winning. I've got Tennessee staying inside the number. I think we'll learn a lot more about both teams, uh, specifically Tennessee. But sadly, uh, Georgia's going to be three zero coming Tuscaloosa. Tennessee will be licking their wounds and gearing up for whoever they play next week because in week five they play Bama. So I've got Georgia over Tennessee in a relatively close game. I think you're exactly right as far as the spot. If you're your Tennessee, you couldn't ask for a better spot uh, to play Georgia at. They played them after their big rivalry, Auburn. Now, you didn't know that they were going to smoke Auburn like they did, but if you were just looking at the preseason schedule and say, hey, where do I want to play them at? 
this might be the spot because the, the, you got them after the big rivalry in a game that you hope they're beat up on, and then before the, the game with Alabama, which you know they're looking down the road to. So it is a perfect spot. Now, the flip side of that is, like I just mentioned, somebody's going to have to do something with this Georgia offense, and I don't know that it's Garantano. Uh, Tennessee currently owns the longest win streak in the nation, if you if you <laughs> caught that, <laughs> which yeah. is weird. Uh, but I did look back just to make sure that I was correct on this, and I was. Uh, their eight wins in a row are all against unranked teams, not mm. one ranked team in that eight-game uh, run. And then, of course, the the uh, the team that they lost to to kick off their winning streak was Bama. So Bama was ranked. And then last year they played three ranked teams, went 0-3 by a combined crushing score. I don't know what the averages were, but they, they got hammered in all their ranked mm-hmm. outings. So they got they got to show us something different this year if they want to get to the next level. And this is their first opportunity to do it. But unfortunately for them, it's against what I think who is playing the best defense right now in Georgia. So. Yeah. I think Georgia gets the cover here, uh, even though it's a good mm. spot for Tennessee. So we differ on that. That's good. All right, tell us a little bit about Florida and A&M. This is what we alluded to earlier about this is going to tell us a story. Uh, you know, we're A&M just come off the Bama game, and it's unfortunate they have to play Florida right after Bama because that's the Bama fatigue that you get in, in, the, in the game after. But uh, – Florida and A&M, you've, you've got basically the best team in the East or possibly a second-best team at worst playing, which A&M still absolutely could be the second team in the West. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, I still think they're – the way the LSU's look, they look better than LSU. Uh, Auburn got crushed. I mean, who who's better than them in the yeah. West? So you're you're you've got a one versus two or a two versus one, you know one way or the other, and it's going to tell us a lot about this game. Uh, but I think that Florida is clicking on all cylinders on offense right now, and that's trouble for A&M. A&M, as you could see Saturday, they they do not have a uh, staunch defense. They uh, they kind of put the handcuffs a little bit on our running game, but we've been taking what defenses have been giving us for the last couple years, which means if if you're going to get there and stop the run, we're going to sit there and throw it over the top. And we 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 were one step away from having three long balls Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I, th- I think that's trouble for A&M. And uh, like I said, Florida didn't put up a lot of uh, yards last week, but they only punted it twice. They had two turnovers, they punted twice, and then they were successful on all the rest of their uh, drives. So I, I like Florida in this one. Um, I'm not so sure that it, it, it's going to be close. I, I, I'm thinking a 21-point outing here. Wow. Well, as you know, I have A&M finishing second in the conference this year at an 8-2 record, and I had one of their losses against Bama, and I had the other loss against Tennessee. So I've got A&M winning this preseason. I'm going to stick with it, as uh, bad as it pains me to do. The line's not terrible. I think it's about a six-point spread for um, – actually, it's going to be six-and-a-half for, for Florida. And it's not a must-win for Jimbo, but if he wants a shot at the West, it is a must-win. And he, he's got to have those goals. And you win this, you're 2-1, and one, and here's their next three games – 
They play Mississippi State. They play Arkansas. They play USC. So the, if, if they win, you know, you got Trounce versus Bama. If you can win this week 2-1, and one, you're going to be 5-1 going to Knoxville. So uh, I, it's a very important game for Jimbo to try to right the ship. And it's really my only hope to get ten, uh, Texas A&M in the number two spot, uh, spot in the West because if they lose this one, they're looking at three, four, possibly even five because who, who knows, you know, they've already had some kids opt out. And that's what's going to be interesting too. When teams get their second conference loss, are kids going to start opting out, Bama included? I mean, it's going to suck. But yep. I, mean, I can't say, you know, I, I, I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. So. Sure. All right, so you've got uh, – we, we differ. We got both people – both of us have Georgia winning the uh, the game. I got them not covering. You've got them covering. And then uh, with uh, A&M Florida, you got Florida crushing. I've got A&M outright winner, wrong team favored. So, interesting conversations we'll have next week. And speaking of all this betting talk, let's recap our bets. Boy, I'm sitting at 500 for the year, I believe. I had Georgia with a cover. I listened to the uh, media all week last week, got up to Tunica and bet on Auburn. And uh, luckily I put in a hedge on Georgia on the money line, but it, it, I broke even basically on the game. And I had Clemson at 28 and a half, and they didn't even come close. I don't know. I didn't watch any of that game, but they were not impressive on the box score at least. So I'm one and one. What did you finish? I didn't have yours written down. Yeah, I did the same. I was one and one. I had South Carolina with a cover against Florida, which uh, which they got in under the number fairly easily. You must champ for some reason run out the clock at the end of the game instead of trying to win. But nonetheless, uh, got the easy cover, and then uh, I took the wrong side of the Vanderbilt LSU game. I was I was hoping that LSU was going to just be that bad and, and Vandy was going to have at least a little something, but they, they turned it around in week two, so that did not work out. So, yeah, both of us just hanging out at the uh, at one and one on the bet. So, let's see if we one of us can crack two and oh this week. Tom, I got you up number one, game one. What's your first game? Well, I've already given you a spoiler alert. I'm going with uh, the Florida Gators uh, to mm. cover the six and a half versus the Aggies. Does that mean both of us aren't going 2-0 because you're on the other side? <laughs> I am on the other side, but I, will, I was prepared for this. Uh, A&M was my number one play, but my, I'm going to flip it to uh, Ole Miss 23. Ole Miss is going to score. Bama fans are so mad right now about, oh, we need Bill – we need not Bill Curry, um, Bill Oliver. <laughs> we need Bill Oliver, by gosh. He put 11 men on the line to shut the Miami <laughs> Hurricanes down. <laughs> well, he did. It's a great game plan. Now that was uh, 30 years ago. <laughs> he would get torched these days, I'm sure. Uh, Ole Miss is going to score, and Bama fans are going to be mad as fire. They're going to get 20. They're going to get 21 to 31 on us. The thing is, we're going to get 55 to 65 on them. So yeah, I don't like it any more than you do. I, I love when Bama wins, uh, you know, 32 to two. But that those days are pretty much over. Occasionally, you'll have a game like Georgia Auburn was 27 six. Those are few and far between. Uh, I'm going to take Ole Miss plus 23. I think they'll get – I think they'll cover. I think they'll get a backdoor if, if they don't cover outright. I, I can see them being down 28 and Lane gives the old, you know, F-U-T-D to Saban and they shake hands and, and Lane gets to joke about it in the press conference. So, I got uh, Ole Miss plus 23. Yeah, and, and Saban's not one to run it up on his protégés even though he's 20 and 0. And and also I saw that the over under for that game is seventy nine. So yeah, I, I think you're right in the wheelhouse there. Um, my second game though, I'm gonna go with the 
Arkansas Razorbacks plus the 16 and a half against the Auburn Tigers. Again, I think I hit on it earlier. Arkansas, I think, is better than we think they are. And with a defense, if you've got a defense, you can do some damage on Auburn. So uh, give me the Razorbacks. Wow, you took my second game, which was my third game. So now I've just got to pull one out of the hat. I'm going to go with Clemson. I'm going to ride Clemson. Miami's getting way too much um, press for this game. They go to Clemson. I think the line is 15. We'll get the we'll we'll get the actual line. I think it's around 15 or so. But I'm going to say Clemson makes a statement for um, number one overall, and I think uh, Trevor Lawrence makes a statement for Heisman. So let me write that down that I have Clemson instead of Arkansas. All right, we're having technical difficulties as always, it seems, with my computer. So we're going to skip the meaningless topic of the day today. We're almost uh, – uh, we're, we're, we're close to the time and um, anyway is where we want to be. So we'll close it out, try to do better next week. So if you're traveling from Fayetteville to Auburn this weekend, go south till you smell it and east till you step in it. Woo, pig suey! Man, I feel like I got robbed on the uh, meaningless topic of the day. But wait till next week, folks. Just wait till next week. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>